Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. We have been, talk- we have been talking about certain things. And um, just to review just one thing, we're talking about really possessing your possessions in 2013. Possessing your possessions. And I want to still encourage you that all things are yours. All things are yours because we are heirs of God, joint heirs of Christ Jesus, or fellow heirs with Christ Jesus. So we are heirs of God Almighty. All is his, it means ours. And we know that we have to be in him, of course, in order to receive all those things. Love, I talked about also, was very, very important. It's in everything, everything. Now, this is what came to me to introduce this message today, Will, is that sometimes we think we're just giving messages. They're just messages. You know, you can get them off the internet. You can uh, say, I think I'll do this. I think I'll do this. There's a lot of prayer goes into when anybody stands up here to, to, to speak to you. And I know I don't take it very, I don't take it lightly at all. To me, it's an awesome responsibility before God because I'm going to be held responsible for that which I say uh, and, and say is him saying. Now, what I want to uh, make sure of is that you understand that Jesus Christ wants you to possess everything that he has for you. He wants you to possess it. I want you to understand that certain things... For this year, just like in your own regular life, you know that you have certain things you know that, that the Spirit of God is, is zooming in on. And certain things you said, this is going to improve in my life. This is going to be an emphasis in my life. Whatever the situation may be, your goals and, 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 and whatever you may set forth for 2013, I'm still talking on those things because those things are very important to God for you. Now, of course, you know I'm not going to talk about everything because everything's yours. I'm going to talk about certain things. And those certain things, I believe, if you would just do them. Uh, don't take my word for it, please. I want you to look at the scripture. The notes are on the Internet, uh, on our web page. Get the notes, go over and see whether it be like a Berean Christian. Search the scriptures daily to see whether those things be so. Because all I'm going to give you is the word of God. And I know that I know that love is very important. I know that the last week's message that I taught on persevering, really in humility, in long suffering, and in uh, unity, I know that that message is very important. I know that Satan does not want you. He does not want you to receive what's yours. He doesn't want you to walk in those things. Guarantee you. I guarantee it, he doesn't want you to love people like Christ loves you. Guarantee. Guarantee he doesn't want you in humility. He wants you in what? Pride. Guarantee. And, and I said last week, those things will creep up in, in different ways. Different ways. And I have to walk the scripture out just like you. I know that um, usually I don't use notes uh, because I memorize the notes. And I had so many scriptures today, and I said, well, I have them all memorized, forward and backwards. 
I can do that. But now if the, if the Spirit of God tells me to switch around, to go here, to go there, I can do it, I can do it. And then I said, no, 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 no. Uh, my message was that don't be in pride. So today I brought my scriptures. I'm serious. Uh, because I don't want to be in pride. You, do you hear what I'm saying? I don't want to be in pride. Pride will keep us from receiving all this ours. It really will. Because God's going to resist the proud. He's going to give grace to the humble. So I said, God, I don't want to be in pride. I'll put him up there. And, and people say, whoa, man, he must have been studying. He, he doesn't even know his notes. You know? Well, think what you want. All right? All right, you can do think what you want, doesn't matter. All I know is I want to, when I pray, I want to receive those things that God has for me because I'm praying for you, and I, as I hope you're praying for me. Uh, I tell you, the Colossians 1, 9, 10, and 11, you remember I went over that uh, one Sunday, and I said, uh, we need spiritual wisdom and understanding. And the Holy Spirit gives that. Uh, we can't even walk in uh, really, we can't walk worthy of his calling. We can't walk worthy of him unless we do that. We can't, we can't even be, we can't increase in the knowledge of him unless we do that. We can't even have the power, the power, you see, because that's what it says in, 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 first, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. It, it says that strengthen, talking about us, strengthen with all power by his glorious might, for the attaining of all perseverance and long-suffering. You remember I said, with joyfulness? That scripture is very important. You see, because I know without power, I can't even walk in long-suffering. Without power, I can't even walk in perseverance. And Satan wants to derail us, you, from receiving what God has for you. I want you to be watching out for that. I want you to be watching out for attitudes. I want you to be walking out for, looking out for behaviors that uh, these voices. The Pharisees knew the word of God, did they not? They knew the word of God. But they didn't know the will of God, the spirit of God. They, they, they just didn't, they didn't know those things. And so it's like Saul, before the Damascus experience, rose, he thought he was doing something good for God, didn't he? And they th- he thought he was doing something good for God. Sometimes we as Christians can think we're doing something good for God. And it's really against the word of God. But we think it's okay because we're doing something good for God. You know, why would Saul think he's going to put Christians in prison? That's not nice. It's really not nice. It's not, it's not doing unto others as you would have them do it to you. But he might say, well, if I, were, if I were in error, I want somebody to put me in jail too. Yeah, but let's turn around. Uh, let's, let's, do, you want to do, do you want God to do unto you as you deserve? Or do you want him to doing to you as love, mercy, grace dictates. Give me love, mercy, and grace any day. Right? 
well, we, we deserve from each other love, mercy, and grace. Okay? That's the introduction of the message today. The message is called, God wants you to walk in authority and power. Oh, without it, you won't receive all that God has for you. And I just told you Colossians 1, 11 tells us that. Let's, um, let's go to Matthew. We have a lot of scripture to cover. And I'm going to try to get it. And if I don't, then I won't. But uh, I'll see what God, what God has for us. Matthew chapter 9. Let's go there first. Verse 1. It says, getting into the boat, Jesus crossed over the sea and came to his own city. And they brought him a paralytic lying in bed. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, Take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes said to themselves, This fellow blasphemes. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or say, Get up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Get up, pick up your bed, and go home. And he got up and went home. But the crowds, when the crowds saw this, they were all struck and glorified and glorified God who had given such authority to men. Has God really given us authority? Has he given us authority? You know, we see that Jesus had authority, but do we have authority? Let's look in Matthew 28. Let's go there. Look at this last chapter of Matthew, verse 16. Let's go down. And here, we know it's a great commission. It says, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority. All authority. Now, authority... When, when you have authority, you have the freedom, you have the liberty, you have permission. Some people say oh, the, the right to do something. That's what you have. Uh, in, in, in school, teachers, if students, students don't, don't tell the teacher, well, who are you to tell me what to do? Uh, they already know that teachers have authority because they've been given authority by the principal. And in the principal, of course, by the Superintendent, superintendent by the school board. So everything goes up. Same thing in the household. But you let, if I walk in that classroom and I say, hey, sit down. Who you are? Who you think you are? You're telling me to sit down. No, we don't move. Now, now if, I, if I were a substitute teacher, then I have authority because they know now I'm, I'm substituting for the teacher, so I have authority. So I have, I have uh, some, and you have some privileges uh, permission, let's say, to have authority. He said that all, all authority, all permission, all right has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm so glad that all authority has been given to Jesus Christ. I'm so glad. Because we have, we have, we have love 
himself having all the authority. I'm glad that the devil doesn't have authority. I'm glad he doesn't. So we can be under authority, under Jesus' authority. And if, he's, if, he, <laughs> if he has all, all authority, what do you have in Christ? Do you, you have authority. You have authority. Wherever he tells you, whatever he tells you to do, you have authority. In your household, you have authority. Right? If you're the parents, you have authority. Because you're given authority in the word of God, you've given permission to have authority over your children. Very important. Let's go to Luke uh, 5.17. Let's go there. And we're not going to really just unpack one scripture today. We're going to do some surveying because I'm trying to uh, impress upon you the importance of you knowing when you leave here that you have authority, you have power before God. Okay, we're at 517. And it says, one day he was teaching and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. Now, now we come uh, another word. Authority, exorcia, power. This power is, is now uh, dunamis. It's a different word. This is very important. Power was present. Do you want power to be present where you go? Yeah. Do you want power present in your household? Do you want power present at your workplaces? Yeah. If God sends you, of course, you've had a job, and you go, he, you sent. Because it said in John 17, so as he's, God has sent him, so he sends us. So you are sent to your jobs. And you're supposed to be taking power there. Now, you won't take authority there unless what? You're the supervisor, or you are the owner or unless you are given authority by the supervisor or the owner because you're stepping into somebody else's authority. Okay? Ram. Even though you have it, you don't use it because it's not your domain. It's not your area, in other words. That's very important. Very important. Let's go to uh, another uh, Luke 9. Let's go there. Verse 1. It says, And he called the twelve, twelve together, some of his disciples, and gave them, oh, I see two words together here. What did he give them? Power and authority over each other? No, no, not over each other. Power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Hmm. That's interesting. So if he gave them power and authority, he must have power and authority to give. Is that correct? And we already know that he does. And if he gave it to them, that means they could operate under authority, in authority, and in power. 
Over who? All demons. And to perform healings. How important is authority and power? Very important. Because if you don't have it, Satan knows you don't have it. And they're not going to obey you or me if we don't have authority. Simple, plain. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. Do you think he sends you out? Your disciples of Christ, I hope. Does he send you out to proclaim the kingdom of God? Or are we supposed to keep our mouths closed and we're supposed to proclaim the kingdom of the world? What are we supposed to be proclaiming? And we're all supposed to be performing what? Healings. Because as long as there are sick people, you have no sick people, you don't have the healing about it. Right? Okay. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, neither staff, nor bag, nor bread or money, and do not even have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that city. And, all, and as for those who do not receive you, as you go out of the city, uh, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Departing, they began going through the villages. What did they do? Preach the gospel and healing at a few places. Everywhere. 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 Wow. That's pretty good. Let's go to Acts. That's a bet. I'm trying to, we're going we're gonna to hammer in today that God has given you, me, authority and power, and he wants us to walk in it in 2013. There's no way you can possess your possessions if you don't walk in it. No way. You, you'll have some possessions, but you won't have the possession that he wants you to have, and you won't have what's needed in order to proclaim the gospel. Acts 1, verse 1. The first account I composed the office about all Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had, uh, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these, he also presented himself alive after the suffering and by many uh, convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptizes with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is this at the time when you were restored the king to Israel? Is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has fixed for you by his own authority, but you will receive power. You receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other most parts of the earth. Oh. We need power. Don't we? 
We need power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Now, of course, you know this is, before, this is after. Uh, well, I won't go there. Let, let's, uh, let, let's go to Acts 3. Let's go there. 3.1. Uh, it, it's so many people may have so many, so many excuses about so many things uh, that, that happen to them. Um, when, when we start talking about an area like this, with this type of church, uh, people say, well, hmm, I thought I was coming to a uh, Baptist church. Well, and you're talking about the Spirit of God. Well, um, I don't see Baptists in the Bible as a church. I don't see Presbyterian, Methodist. I don't see Pentecostal. I don't see Charismatic. I don't see Lutheran. I don't see Catholic. I don't, all I see is the Word of God. I see children of God, sons of God. I, I, see, I see all these things that we're supposed to be one walking together. That's what I see. So uh, we're going to talk about this Word and then let the Word do, do, do its work. That's what we're going to do. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Three, one. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple, the ninth hour, the hour of prayer, and a man who had been lame from his mother's womb, being carried along. Now, it's from the mother's womb now. Mother's womb. He's being carried along, whom they used to sit down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. Now he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple and began uh, asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said to him, Look, uh, look, 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 look at us. He said, Okay, I'll look, I'm looking at you, man. You want to give me something? Looking at you. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver gold. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walk and seize him by the right hand and raise him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood up and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. You know, this is a, that, that, that's a miracle. Matter of fact, it's two miracles. One miracle is that now he can walk, his legs are strengthened. But the other, I haven't seen anybody never walk, just get up and start walking and leaping. Because the little baby, they, they can't walk, you know. Uh, they had to learn how to walk. You, you walk a little bit, fall down, walk. If you never walked, I wonder, how can you walk and leap and all this stuff? And, but anyway, it's a miracle. Sorry. I like miracles. Do you like miracles? Yeah, I like miracles. Now, this is interesting in verse 11. It says, while he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the at uh, so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own, come on, power or piety, we have made him walk? In verse 16, it says, uh, on, and on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. So you, 
you have power. I have power. We have authority. But it all belongs to who? Jesus. But when we are in Jesus, we are the, we're the body of Christ, aren't we? Okay? So we operate and move as he tells us to move. Just like, um, just like he said, um, to, he said, he said, look, I don't do anything. I don't say anything except what I hear from my father. Say, that's what we have to do because we are in Christ. Our life is here with Christ in God, the scripture says. So we're supposed to move and flow with the spirit of God. That's why we're supposed to move and flow. So as he tell us, this person has faith to be healed. Then are you going to tell the person, hey, be healed? Are you going to, what are you going to do? Because Jesus just touched, touched the lady. She, the fever left everything. That's all it is. Touched her. I want to walk in power and authority in 2013. I might be, I might be speaking to the wrong group because you might not want to, but I want to. Do you want to? Yeah. I, I hope we all do because there, there, there's work to do as the Spirit of God has for us to do. 6 8, Acts 6 8. You say, well, I understand the disciples. <laughs> that's, that's easy. I understand Jesus. That's easy. But now me, I don't know. I don't know. It says in 6 8, and Stephen, come on, full of grace and Oh, my goodness gracious. What did he do with that? Oh, my goodness gracious. And signs among the people. Now, we know he was, he was part of the group uh, that were chosen to uh, feed the Grecian women, uh, the, the widows, uh, because they were being neglected in the daily distribution of bread. And, and so these are just servants who've been chosen to go take a meal to McGurk, uh, um, can be a McGurk house. Uh, there's a McGurk house, there's a Jefferson house, there's a um, Carrington house. There. Just take some over there. Just go over there and sing. Do anything. Do, do what you want to, but are you going with power? I don't know. Elder John, y'all going with power? Are you going with just songs? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we can sing. But we got to be ready to be used by the Holy Spirit, don't we? Got to be used. Got to be willing. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, this is, this is a message that might shake you a little bit. Yeah. Let's go to 10, Acts 10. Uh, I think I want 30... Eight. Yeah. Know you, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And with what? Power. Power. And now he went about doing good. And what? Healing all who were oppressed with the devil, for God was with him. And see, 
God says that we sometimes we want to go about doing good, but we don't want to do anything else. There, there's no power going to be with you to do any healings, no nothing. If somebody says, I'm sick, you say, oh, I pray for you. And but we don't expect anything to happen. Anybody else like that? I mean, come on. Yeah. Okay, only me. All right. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. But I'm telling you. Acts 2. Let's go back to 2. And, when, and, and we all say, well, when I pray, I expect something to happen. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Okay. Our lives will change if we really expect it. I mean, really, truly knew something was going to happen, brother. We all pray and we'll say, well, you know, it's up to God. I mean, hey, I can't, I'm not the healer. I can't do anything, which we can't, which we can't. But we neglect some of the other scripture. Because <laughs> we're supposed to be able to do something here. Uh, 2 1. So when, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Oh, oh don't say that. Ooh, don't say that. You know that passed away. Filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in what? Other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, a crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them. Each one now. Each one. We're talking about Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Each one of them were hearing them speaking his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that each of us hear them in our own language, which we were born? Ooh, a miracle, right? Have you ever seen it? Have you ever experienced it? Most people have. I, have, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen that happen yet. But we, we do have a person who has seen it. Uh, Tyler. Now, now, he hasn't seen it. He, he, he's going he gonna to tell us about somebody else. Come here, Tyler. This is, this is Tyler Frank. His father, the pastor. You, you know Tyler. You all know Tyler. <laughs> uh, now, Tyler is in, in my... And then when there was a life group, and uh, uh, tell us a little bit about we, we, were, we were going over this scripture mm-hmm. last Sunday, and uh, I said, "Do you don't think this thing can happen?" And then you said, "Well," <laughs> and then you said, "Hey, my mother, tell us." Yeah. Tell well, us. my mom was a missionary to the Philippines for about a year and a half, I, I believe. Um, she was a nurse, and when she was, I believe it was a gospel message when she was talking with some people there. Uh, didn't know English, uh, and she was sharing with them. I believe it was, a, I don't think it was a regular conversation. I think it actually was about the gospel, and 
they perceived her language, like she was speaking in English, and then they actually heard it and understood in their own language what, what she was saying. And she was like, what? What was going on? Like, she didn't say anything. She didn't know a word of what they were speaking. Um, but that communication, through what she was saying, was perceived, and it was a gospel message, I believe. And it was just an offhand comment whenever we were talking. I didn't know this about my mom. Um, it was over the summer, and we were talking about it just as a family, if it exists or not. And she, and she advocated for it because it happened to her. So it was a very cool story. So Now, now you, you wouldn't tell a story in church. You wouldn't tell an untruth in, in oh, church. No, no. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, bro. We have in, in our life group, most of them are college students. It's about three, three, three people, and uh, it's so exciting. Uh, um, out of about 13, that's what we have college students. So would you tell them what you are learning? Because this is different for you, too. Now, Atala and Carissa, they are, they are friends. And, uh, <laughs> and Drew, uh, they've been here for three years. This is their third year. And this is their second year in a live group. Tell, tell, tell them, uh, <laughs> you want me to say y'all more than friends? Maybe we are. <laughs> oh, y'all are. Oh, does your mama know that? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they are courting you. Okay. Is that, that, that a good word? That's a good word. Okay, all right. Tell, tell the congregation what you are learning, because I guess it's, I, I don't know whether you, you knew all this stuff that you learned or not. So what's, what, what are we covering in life? And what are you um, Well, basically we're going through um, the whole entire Bible, like reading about um, the Holy Spirit. So every time it mentions the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, um, we read those verses, and in the New Testament. And I've never really done a study like that before, so it's really opened my eyes. And I think the biggest thing that I've been learning is to be really sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because I think a lot of times I read about the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. But like, if you're not applying it to your life, then you're missing the whole point. So I've just been praying, like, God, like, help me to be more sensitive to you like each and every day. And it's like, in order to do that, I have to empty myself every single day and be like, okay, God, like, you have to fill me up, and I just want you to... Show me what, I, what, what do you want me to do during the day? And um, he's been doing really cool stuff in my life, just um, causing me to be more sensitive. And, you know, when you feel that sensitive sensitivity from the Holy Spirit, um, you just got to be obedient and do whatever he asks. So that's what I've been learning. Yeah, thank you. I won't tell your daddy you're courting. <laughs> no, he knows. He knows. Now, I gave him an assignment. We gave him an assignment to um, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And when they come back, tell us those things that the Holy Spirit shared with you uh, because he wants to talk to you every day. Uh, and and he does some, the Spirit of God does some amazing things. Let's look at Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Let's go there. And now, Lord, take note of their threats. This is, uh, they, uh, if you read back a little further, they had taken uh, the disciples and brought them and uh, told them, don't speak in the name anymore because that's when the person that got healed, he was leaping and, and, and all that and walking in the temple. And they said, don't speak in his name anymore. 
teach nor speak in the name of Jesus Christ anymore. And he said, we can't help but speak in his name. So they threatened him and sent him out. And then they came back to the rest of the group and said, look, this is what's happening. Let's pray. And part of their prayer starts in verse 29. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They knew that something was going to happen. They wanted boldness to just speak the name and speak about what God's going to do. Uh, proclaim the kingdom of God. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were, come on, all filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought they got filled with the Holy Spirit before. I thought on the day of Pentecost they got filled. I thought you can only get filled one time. Huh? Did they get filled on when, 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 when they, oh yeah. And I go back even further. They said then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, they, they get filled. What are some of the signs of filling? Number one, and we saw what was the sign over in, in the day of Pentecost. Spoke with other tongues, right? Okay, what's the sign here? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with what? Boldness. That's what they were praying for, weren't they? They were praying for boldness. Whatever you need from God, the Spirit of God will fill you and take you to that level, what you have a need for, to serve him. He will, he'll take you to that need. I don't think it's limited to, uh, because in our study, we, we see, uh, uh, we, we've seen when the Spirit of God come on somebody, they, they're prophesied. We've seen uh, the Spirit of God is on somebody, they have skill to do this right here for God. Oh, the Spirit of God does so many things. But you must be open to what the Spirit of God is doing. You must be re- recognize that He has power, He has authority, and it's up to you to be willing and ready. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Be willing and ready. Oh, that, I mean, this is, this is good stuff. Uh, chapter 8, verse 20, just 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God, God and the name of Jesus Christ, so Philip now... Now, Philip was one of the, those servants that, of course, was commissioned to feed the Grecian widows. And just like Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit and with power and all like that, uh, Philip was too. Uh, and Philip now went out when they scattered, when everybody scattered, when persecution came. And they said, and when they believed Philip preaching good news about the kingdom of God. Now, tell me, tell me now. Do you think Philip knows what he's talking about? Do you think he ought to know how to get somebody saved? Philip now. Now listen to what it says. I said, oh my goodness, this is awesome, man. They were being baptized, men and women alike. So that means that you don't baptize anybody that hasn't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Is that correct? Okay, so, so they got saved and they got baptized. Under, oh, okay, they're baptized now. Okay, 
Do they have everything they need to do what God wants them to do? Let's go a little further. Even Simon, and this is this is a sorcerer, this is a, this fellow who thought he was great, had some great power, he's, he's um, pretty bad off. But anyway, even Simon himself believed. Uh-oh, he believed. You think that witches and warlocks and Satanists and everything can get saved? Absolutely, absolutely. And after being baptized, he must have got saved, huh? Is it Philip doing it? I mean, and continue on with Philip. And as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard about that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, see, some people think that being filled with the Holy Spirit being baptized in the Holy Spirit is the same thing as just being baptized into the body. They don't believe in a second experience. I'm here to tell you today, by the word of God, that there is a second experience. There's a third experience, fourth, fifth, I mean, there's a, how many ever he wanted to give you? There is another experience other than just being baptized. You said, well, no, 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 no. All I want to do is just get me to say, I got it all. Oh, you do. Well, then they should have had it all. The Holy Spirit should not have baptized, should not have filled the disciples who asked for boldness. He shouldn't have, all he had to do is just say, and he gave them boldness. He didn't have to put in there. God didn't have to have them right, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and the place shook, and they began, they, they, they went out and speak with boldness. He didn't have to say all that, but he said it because he wants us to know that these are the ones who were already filled, got filled again. Because he, he knows that we're going to try to do everything. Man is going to try to do everything to convince men that they don't need power and authority to do what God has called them to do. What Satan wants us to have, have is weak, weak Christians. There's no threat to the enemy. That's what he wants. No threat to me. Let them talk about Jesus. Nobody going to get saved. He don't have no power. Oh. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus wants you to have power. He wants me to have power. He wants me to have authority. He wants you to have authority. I'm telling you. And this is what it says. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. Why hadn't he fallen? Did he know they got baptized? Did he know that? They had simply... Been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who else are you going to be baptized in the name of? Come on. We know, we know in, in the Great Commission it says, go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But in the New Testament, I mean, basically the epistles, it said they baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, but when we baptize, we baptize uh, in the name of the, we say, in the name of Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We cover it all so that, so that you, so, <laughs> I'm serious. Because you'd be surprised so many people that come to you. Who did you get baptized from? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, you, you didn't get You're not saved, see, because you should have gotten baptized in Jesus. Let me show you in the New Testament. Oh, man. People try to tell you a whole bunch of stuff. So we just cover it all. That's what we do. Cover it all. Yeah. Then they began laying their hands on them, 
and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Oh, you can receive the Holy Spirit by laying on hands. Okay. Okay, I got that. Mm-hmm. You can. All right. That's one way. Good. Oh, this is getting good, I'm telling you. Acts 10, 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking, oh, Peter was still speaking. What is he, what's going on? What's going on is that? Okay, well, you know, this is the account where, where uh, he was coming to the Gentiles when the Canese was praying, all this stuff, and um, God told him to send for, send for, uh, send for the uh, man of God. So uh, Peter, a sheet came down. He said, you know, uh, don't say this is unclean. Whatever God cleanses, cleanses, everything. So he comes. Okay, Canese got all his friends. Well, he got them in the house. Then he started proclaiming the gospel. He started proclaiming the gospel. And hear what it says here. While Peter was still speaking, he hasn't finished giving them the news. He hasn't finished telling them about Jesus. He hasn't finished his dissertation. Doing the message, in other words. You you think the Holy Spirit can, can fill somebody while I'm speaking up here? Sure he can. Sure he can. I know, I know some of you say, well, he won't feel me, but I'm not going to let him feel me. <laughs> well, I'm trying to give you that. I'm trying to tell you. Desire for him to feel you. You need power. You need authority. You need. Why wouldn't you want everything God has for you? Is, it, is, it, is, it, is God not a good God? Is Jesus Christ God? Is the Holy Spirit God? He's the Spirit of Christ. He's the Spirit of God. They're one, God, three persons. We believe in the Trinity. I'm telling you, this is important now. This is important, see? So, wow, my goodness gracious. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on him. Now, I know you said, well, did he crush him? Yeah. Uh, Sometimes he'll say he fell on him. Sometimes he'll say he rested on him. Sometimes he, you know, he, he does what he want to do. We call it, we call it whatever we want to call it. It doesn't matter. You know, uh, he touched him. He filled him. He sat on him. He whatever. Uh, but um, anyway, all those who were listening to the message, that's what he did. All of them. And all the circumcised believers who came with Peter, were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking with what? With tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for those to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit, just as we did, can he? So, um, I like to read all the different occasions because we get in our little spiritual Pharisee box and we'll say, well, you got to get saved first. Then you got to get baptized. Then somebody had to lay hands on you and then you receive the Holy Spirit and then you speak in tongues or then you, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit does what he want to do. He's sovereign. He's sovereign. No hands have to be laid on you. Now, hands can be laid on you, because you read that, right? We read it together. But here we see the Holy Spirit fell on them 
They hadn't even been baptized yet. So this knocks out your theory that, that you got to have some order, you know, to be baptized, about to be doing all this. No, he just fell on. Maybe maybe Peter was going too long. <laughs> he just fell on him. Yeah, that's all. He just fell on. Hey. So I, I mean I, I like I, I like to read the Bible because because people would tell you, oh, let me tell you what. It, See, he had to do it on Pentecost. It's passed away now. Now I'm telling you, it passed away now because he had to do it on Pentecost because that was uh, for them all over nations, everything, all that kind of stuff. They had to have some miracle. Oh, it had to happen to the Samaritans. See, because um, he couldn't fall on them because he had to send for Peter and them because they had to believe that they hear just like they hear the Pentecost. So they believe. and oh, they couldn't fall on Cornelius and them because. Uh, no, no, no. See, after a while, you're going to run out of excuses. See, they, they, see this Canadian was Gentile, so, but now we don't have a need for that. There's nothing in this Bible that you don't have need for. Guaranteed. Nothing in there. You don't have a need for. Unless now, now unless we're all in heaven now and we think we're on earth. What do you think? See, we know that there are sick people here. We know that people are unsaved here. We know that uh, demonic spirits are here. We know that there's a need for Jesus Christ. And so Jesus said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go away, and I'm going to send my son, and now he's going to do all that I couldn't do with just one person here. He's going to fill everybody. So now everybody, all the Christians can go out all over the world and we're going to proclaim the gospel, and we're going to do the works that I have them to do. Isn't that great? That he trusts us to do that. But we have to be open to it. We have to be open to it. I said, okay, I like that. But let's end with, uh, I don't want to end, but uh, let's end with another scripture. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians. Uh, verse Chapter 12, verse 4. Uh, we don't have two more scriptures and we'll be done. It says here, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all in all, in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of, of the Spirit, manifestations making visible, observable, making it observable, of the Holy Spirit for the common good. So, so if, if a person doesn't want to be used by God, if he says, I don't want any manifestation of the Holy Spirit, you don't even want the common good for the body of Christ that God placed you in. Really. Don't want the common good. And we are the body of Christ, so we don't want a common good for, 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 for the body of Christ. We don't want the common good. We want to be selfish. And see, that's not going to work. For the one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, and another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit, and another faith by the same spirit, and another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another distributing, distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, 
and to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things distributed to each one individual just as he wills. Are you open to what he wills? Or you don't want the will of God? See, because Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, it says we need to be filled with the knowledge of his will. But if you don't want his will, that's not good. And 13, chapter 13, verse 1 through 8, is, is the cap on everything. Because I told you, week before last, that without love, you can forget it. It works in everything. Everything it works in. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. That means that the patient is long-suffering. Love is long-suffering with people, as we talked last week. And, and don't, don't allow the Holy Spirit to uh, knock your perseverance off because you stop being long-suffering of somebody who's not, who's not acting like you think they ought to act, saying what you think they ought to say, doing what you think they ought to do. So you want to, you want to just uh, break up whatever it is, no relationship, and God said no, love is not like that. Not agape, it's not like that. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. It's not arrogant. It does not act unbecoming. It does not seek its own. See, Jesus didn't seek his own. Jesus died for us, didn't he? Yeah, he died for us. Whew. Is not provoked. Oh, not provoked. I mean, I get provoked sometimes. I get provoked sometimes. He said, love's not provoked. Why are you getting provoked? Because I didn't get my way. That's why. Because things aren't happening the way they're supposed to happen. That's why. So I get provoked. He said, love's not like that. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. Woo! Come on. If the body of Christ ever read the scripture, <laughs> let me finish now. Will... Spiritual, all spiritual wisdom and understanding, we will be, we'll have some power. Because we are love. We are love. We want, we, a lot of times we want to withhold our love because of what's not going the way we think it ought to go. Yeah, we want to do that. And sometimes it means withholding our food or our helping somebody or whatever the situation we want to hold or withhold it. God's not like that. Yeah, aren't you glad that God's not like that? That he still pours out love on us, grace on us, mercy on us, even though, come on, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoice with the truth. Bears all things. Bears all things. That bears all things means he, he covers, he covers over in silence 
Love has the faults of others. Has the fault. Love doesn't talk about the faults of somebody else. Love covers it up. Ooh. Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never failed. Oh, saints, I'm telling you. Uh, God is good, isn't he? How often is he good? All the time. Um, I was telling somebody that I was... Um, I have to try to practice these messages uh, because the messages are for me. And then once he gives them to me, then I get convicted and I started work. Now I have to practice them and give them to you. And I said, oh, my goodness gracious. This is, this is something. I have a testimony to give you, but I'm not giving it to you today. Um, every message that I teach, I'm telling you, is something that you need. I'm going to have a prayer team up. You need power. You need authority. Oh, you need it. I hope you're not in doubt today. I hope you're not in doubt that you don't need authority, that you don't need power. I hope you're not. I hope I have convinced you that the word of God is true. If I haven't, then you go read it for yourself. That's all I can tell you to understand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.